This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, good evening, Christian Family Church International. We're back. Thank you again for faithfully supporting the vision of Christian Family Church. As promised, tonight I have a guest with me, but before I introduce him, um, I promoted this evening service this morning by saying that when we went into lockdown, a lot of people stockpiled the strangest, weirdest, and wonderful things that they felt that they needed going into lockdown. I mean, there was that whole issue about toilet paper. And by the way, nobody has told me exactly what that whole deal was about and why everybody was killing each other for a, a roll of toilet paper. I don't know that. But, but what is it that you stockpiled? going into lockdown. What were you stockpiling? What were you saving up for? What were you putting in your pantry? Let us know in the comments below. I mentioned this morning that I believe that a lot of people, based upon the actions and what I've seen, I've noticed that there are a lot of people that didn't stockpile the most important thing going into lockdown. As I see how lockdown has affected people, and that is really what we wanted to talk about tonight, what I believe to be the most important thing that we could have stored up in order to face this challenge that is lockdown. But let me introduce my guest tonight. I'd like to introduce you to teacher Paul Janssen van Fieren. He is the Strategic Bible College Planting Manager right here at Christian Family Church. I know many of you know him. He's a familiar face. He teaches. So perhaps my introduction really is more towards those that are watching for the first time and don't know him. So welcome, Paul. It's really great to have you with us this Thank evening. Thank you, Pastor Andre. It's wonderful to be here. Um, Pastor Greg is at home overcoming, and so I have some serious shoes to fill tonight, but it's lovely to be here with you, and I'm excited about the topic, and uh, I think it's really going to shake some, some cages and, and, and bring some, some reality checks to, to people tonight. So Thank to you, here. Paul. Thank you. Yeah, he mentioned that Pastor Greg was supposed to be here tonight, um, but you don't have big shoes to fill. Paul shares the love for the Word of God the way I do, and so um, and let me just, maybe I can just introduce the subject tonight. I mean, we're studying this theme, it's complicated, but doesn't have to be. And really tonight, we want to take the next 30 minutes to speak about why and how to study the Bible. We're going to be speaking about the most beautiful book ever yeah. written. And remember earlier on I mentioned that people, I believe, didn't stockpile the most essential thing that they needed for lockdown. And I, I'm going to use the words of Ezra because we're going to be doing a character study a bit later into the life of Ezra. But Ezra put it this way. He says, Lord, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see, Ezra understood that in a time of crisis, and the reason I've chosen Ezra as part of our message tonight is because he was in Babylon. They were in captivity for seven years. Talk about being locked down. Yeah. And the life of Ezra and what he considered to be his focus during this time of intense restriction where the world was dominating over him, what was his course of action? So he said this, he says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. But the same could also be true if we had to say, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not fear. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not be anxious. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not obey. And so tonight, as we take a look at why and how to study the Bible, it seems complicated, but it really isn't. We're going to unpack this thing just a little bit, and hopefully it's going to bless each and every one of you and give you a passion and a desire in your hearts yeah. to once again dive into the Word of God. I'm going to be handing over to Paul in a moment for comment, but I'd like to lay a foundation, and this is going to be, I suppose, our key scripture 
for our chat tonight. And really, it is informal. And please, folks, let me just say this. All of our pastors are online watching the stream. They are there to minister to you, comment, write something. If you want to know anything about how or why we study the Bible, relative, write that in there. Our pastors, we, me and Paul may not be able to address it, but they are right there to be able to interact with you. And so please feel free to comment below. And we love the amens and we love the praise of the yeah. Lord's, but we really want to engage with you. So I want to encourage you to take full advantage of that. Okay, so getting back to our key scripture, our introduction scripture for this subject tonight is Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. Very near and dear to my heart. In actual fact, Hebrews 4 and verse 12 became even more precious to me after I taught first year Bible college students this year. Because as I was teaching it, something happened. In my spirit, something exploded. And I, I pray that that's what's going to happen with each and every one of you tonight. Hebrews 4 and verse 12, on your screen it says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, I was, as I was teaching the scripture to first-year students, Paul, all of a sudden I heard the Lord say this to me. He said to me, Andre, if the word of God is living, surely you can have a relationship with it. Listen to me very carefully. If the word of God is, you can only have a relationship with something that's living. Now, most people think that this is a book about a man. It's not. It is Jesus. It is Christ. 1 John tells us in the beginning, or John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God. And so the Lord spoke this to my heart. If you can have a relationship with the word of God, then he went on to say, how's your relationship with the word? Now, listen. How many of you remember that Fatties and Moni's advert where dinner time came and they brought the little Italian lady outside of the room? She shuffled on the floor and she made the pasta and they packed her away. Listen, often we're like that with the Bible. You know, we pick it up in the morning to read it, then we put it down at night. But relationship doesn't work that way. And so the first Thing that I'd like to say on why we study the Word of God and how to study it is that if you have a relation, you're never closer to Jesus yeah. than when you open the pages of this book. How is your relationship? Comment below. How is your relationship with the Word? Is this something you read or is it something that you have a relationship with? We're going to be taking a look at Ezra just now as a character study. So, so Paul, comments from your side. Well, Pastor Andre, definitely I'm challenged just uh, being a Christian my entire life and understanding the importance of the word, just the way that you put that, the way that God spoke it to your heart, the fact that his word is alive. We know that his word is alive, as you've read in Hebrews, but do we see his word as a person when we study the word? Do we see his word as a person when we have to run to the word? I'll be honest with you, I don't sometimes see it that way. I see the word as, as being separated sometimes because of uh, the way that I would be, be reading the Word and not really taking it as if I were having a relationship with the Word. Paul, everyone falls into that trap. Many years ago, a man of God came and preached at church, and I've never forgotten what he said. He had been preaching for many years, and he found that his love for the Word of God had waned. Because of his intense study of Scripture, he, he struggled sometimes to reconcile who God was in Scripture. And so his confidence in the Word of God began to wane. And he went through a period of three years of kind of a wilderness experience where the Word of God was that little Italian lady coming out, you yeah. know. But he said after three years, God revealed something to him, revealed three things to him. And he said, first of all, he realized that no man would have written a standard this high. Yeah. I mean, think about this, Paul. The Bible says, if you do not work, you do not eat. 
you know a lazy man didn't write yeah. this book, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, atheists and the world over and people who doubt the veracity of Scripture keep on telling us that people wrote this book. This is a man-made book. But man would never have written a standard this high. I mean, wives submit to your husbands. <laughs> no, we know a wife didn't write that possibly. I know my wife would not have got involved in it. No woman's <laughs> going to write that kind of thing. I mean, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. What man is going to... So you know a husband didn't write it. You know a wife didn't write it. You know a lazy man didn't write it. Hey. What about a child? Folly is bound up in the heart of a child. Yeah. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. You know a child didn't write this book. He's not going to say, spank me every time. <laughs> yeah. So what yeah. you're saying, and I think we all fall into that trap where we become the, the humdrum of reading and we forget who it is that we're spending time with. That's so, so important. So let's shift directions now, Paul, and let's take a look at a character in the Bible, kind of the undercover one that nobody speaks about a lot. Let's talk about this character in the Bible and see how his fastidiousness and his diligent study of the Word of God produced the future that we enjoy today as believers. Well, Pastor Andre, I mean, there are so many characters that we can think about. If we, if we want to talk about people who've had a close relationship with God, Moses would be one that springs to mind. Abraham, David, uh, he wrote so many of the Psalms, and we could see his relationship really coming out in the books that he wrote. Uh, even Daniel, great relationship with God, really close. But as you say, one of the unsung heroes, Ezra, who we know wrote First Chronicles and Second Chronicles, and uh, some say that he even wrote the book of, of Nehemiah. But what really makes this man special is the one psalm in the Word of God, Psalm 119, which is really a standout psalm. Not only is it a, the longest book in the Bible, but also very near the center of the Word. In fact, at the center scripture of the Word is, is Psalm 118, verse 8. And, and it's interesting that the scripture says, it's better to trust in God than to put confidence in in man. Yeah. Isn't that an amazing scripture to yeah. put right in the middle yeah. of the Bible? And so he also was a part of the Psalms and had a really, really close relationship with God. And, and I yeah, when, you, read, when, you read, when you read Psalm 119, and, and we'll, come back to, we'll come back to Ezra chapter 7 right now, because again, that lays a foundation for it. But when you take a look at the life of Ezra, I mean, he grew up in Babylon. He was a scribe. Um, as the Bible says, he was responsible for writing the Old Testament yeah. over and over and over again, which gave him a deep love for the Word of God. And we're going to take some, a look at some scriptures a bit later. That, uh, Since we're mentioning Psalm 119, I know many of you already got your Bibles open. Why don't you comment below and post your favorite Psalm 119 scripture? Now, a lot of the stuff we're going to be sharing with you tonight, the scriptures are going to be familiar to you, but you may not have known who wrote them. We know who authored them. That's the Holy Ghost. But you may not have known the background of the person who authored them. And that's really what we want to focus on as we deal with tonight, why we study the Bible and how to study the Bible, looking at the life of Ezra, how Psalm 119 came out of this life of this young man who wrote Psalm 119, by the way, over his entire life. He didn't yeah. sit down and pen the psalm in 15 minutes. It really is the discourse of his life in obedience to God's word. But I want to mention this, Paul, and you've hit on something very, very important here. And that is that, that in, out of every scripture, there's 176 verses in, in the book of Psalm 100. It's the longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119. Do you know that there is only one verse, verse 122, that does not reference God's word? Sure. 
So you can imagine this young man, and by the way, during, towards the end of his life, he brought the Jews back to Jerusalem. He was responsible for establishing the synagogue as we understand it today and the order of worship. He was, God gave him this responsibility and it all started because of his love to study the word of God. So go to that scripture over here for those of us, for those who are watching. And don't forget to post your favorite Psalm 119 verse. We may just get to that. All right, so I'm going to be reading out of Ezra chapter 7. There's a couple of scriptures I'm going to be pulling out there. And uh, just to show, uh, Pastor Andre, why God's hand was upon this man and, and why God used him in the marvelous way that he did, as you said, with, with the people coming back to Jerusalem. So it starts off and it says, this Ezra was a scribe who was well-versed in the mm. law of Moses. So he knew the law. He was well-versed in the Lord, showed that he was a student of the word of God. And it says, which the Lord, the God of Israel, had given to the people of Israel this law of his. He came up to Jerusalem from Babylon, and the king gave him everything he asked for. The king gave this man everything he asked for. I mean, why did this favor rest on this man's life? It tells us in the very next sentence, it says, because the gracious hand of the Lord his God was on him. So and then it talks about people that came with him because of this great favor, uh, Pastor Honor. As we go further down, we see that it says, this was because Ezra had determined. I love that. He had determined to study and obey the law. So that talks about a decision. That's the thing about what we're discussing here tonight is the fact that the word is important. We should be students of the word, but it always lies with us to make the decision to do that. To study. To study the word. He was determined. So the hand of the Lord was upon him according to scripture because this man had a hunger yeah. for the word of God and he studied the word of God. In actual fact, three things I think come out of that scripture that you just read. Number one, he studied the word of God. That's where it starts. Number mm. two, he obeyed the word of God. Number three, because he studied and obeyed, God put him in a position to begin to preach the word. Yeah. I mean, if you want authority in speaking the word of God, and we're going to talk about that a bit later in Mark chapter four, the importance of the word of God coming out of your mouth. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. But so he studied it, he acted on it, and then he began to preach the word of God. And I think that is, that is so key. Now, let me ask you this question, Paul. How do you study? Now, we know Ezra was a scribe. So, I mean, yeah. this guy sat down all day just writing scripture. I mean, God bless him and thank the Lord for Ezra. That's not me. But you tell me, how do you study the word of God to help those folks out there understand really what it means? All right. Well, uh, look, I'm involved with Bible College, uh, Pastor Andre, and, and maybe that gives the impression that I'm just always delving into the word. But the truth be told that one of my study methods is to really dig into the word when I'm in the storm. So, um, <laughs> Hang on, wait. I, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So you're the kind of guy, like Apostle Theo says, you've heard him teach it. Don't build your house during the storm. Build your house before the storm hits. So you're the kind of guy that oftentimes finds yourself building your house in the storm. When the need comes, that's when you run to Scripture. Well, I dive really deep into scripture, but you know, during the year when, there's, when the waters are calm, you know, I'm always obviously keeping my focus on yes. the word, but I'm reminded of when I was in the army, you were in the army, when we did basics, uh, one of the parts of basics was to do the bush phase. So when we went out to do our bush phase out in the Khramadulas, uh, we were 12 men assigned to a tent, and the first instruction we got was, we have to set up camp, we've got to pitch our tent, and we had to dig a trench around our tent that was an important part in that day, to pitch the thing, dig the trench, and there was a certain depth that we instructed to dig it at and a certain width. 
And so we got together, we pitched the tent, we were having good fun, and we thought, ah, you know what, it's never going to rain, it doesn't look like rain, and the sergeant major, of course, doesn't know what he's talking about. So because so you didn't behold, do a proper job? We didn't do a proper okay. job. We did do the trench, though, because we were, we were required yes, to, yes, but it was yes. just a trenchiki, you know, just a little one. And uh, lo and behold, that night, of course, the heavens opened upon us, the rain poured out, and there we were, the only blimmin' 12 of all the guys who had to go outside, take our grava, and we were digging in the middle of that storm to keep the water from going, because if your tent flooded, dan was it moeilijkheid vir julle gewees. So that's pretty much how I find my, uh, you know, my deep studies, is when I'm actually driven to go and study. That's the honest truth. The point is, the yeah. trench got dug, the trench got dug, but it did while it was raining. And I think, listen, I think that resonates with a lot of folks. Yeah. Now, my study method is different to yours, different to, different to Ezra's, very different to Ezra's. Listen, folks, if Pastor Greg was here, there's a reason I call him super saved. And Dr. Johnny as well. I mean, these guys, they hold fast to their through the Bible in a year programmatically. It's not really a word, but I mean, yeah. they follow. And that's great. They're people of structure. I'm kind of a shotgun guy. Yeah. So, so tonight, for example, um, the basis of this message is in the life of Ezra. You can do a character study. Mm. You can study thematically. You mm. can study chronologically. And by mm. the way, let me say this. If you read the Bible from A through to Z, from Genesis through to Revelation, mm. the only reason, and you do that in a year, the really only reason why you do that is to get through the Bible. You know that it's not chronological. Yeah. So I'm kind of a thematic study. Mm. I like studying characters. And, and folks, this is the point I want to make before I hand back to Paul and we, get, and we delve into Psalm 119. That one of the most effective ways that you can study the Bible is to look for a character in Scripture that's going mm. through what you're going mm. through. Mm. That's why I've chosen Ezra, because he was in lockdown in yeah. Babylon, 70 years noch. Mm. I'm saying... Find yourself a character in the Bible. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you there. And study the person's life, whether it's a man or a woman, and see the principles they applied in order to find their freedom. Yeah. The reason God has given us all these characters in the Bible is because there's nothing new under the sun. Solomon it. said it. Yeah. And so that's why we're sharing the life of Ezra. So we can see, listen, 176 reasons Psalm 119 gives us why we should study the Bible, mm. 176 mm. reasons. Yeah. So let's not dig half a trench. Let's mm. make sure before the storm comes, let's stockpile the word of God in our hearts in advance. Yeah. Let's go to Psalm 119. Now we know a bit more about Ezra. Let's go to Psalm 119 and delve into that Psalm and look at just a few of the 176 mm. reasons why we should mm. study the Bible. I'm going to hand over to you, Paul, to go through verses, to go through verse, perhaps verse 1. Let's kick off on verse 1. Okay, great. So verse 1 to 3, it says in Psalm uh, 119, it says, Happy are people of integrity who follow the law of the Lord. So he's saying that if you follow the law of the Lord, if you follow the word, in other words, if you fall in love with the word, he's saying that you will be happy. And so goes, joy comes in study. Yeah. That's what, that's what it's saying in this, in this verse. And, and in fact, if you go through uh, uh, the whole of Psalm 119, you will see that coming out so clearly in many of the instances. I love what you said about the fact that the script, this, this chapter was written over a lifetime because yeah. it shows clearly the different seasons and the different themes that the man struggled with. Yes. And, and that brings comfort to me. Yes. I love what you said about the fact that you should find someone that you could relate to and what they went through. In fact, for me, it brings me great comfort when I am shown in the word people that went through really 
tough times. I'm not glad that they had to endure those yes. tough times. But Lord knows, I'm really, it encourages me to know that someone of that sort of stature, their name is in the Bible. And, you know, like they David were a king. and Ziglag. Exactly. David and Ziglag had practically lost everything. Yeah. The people that he had given his life for had turned on him. Mm. Now this, I'm going to go back to, but look at this, because Ezra must have faced the same thing. Remember, we're looking at 176 reasons why we should study the Bible. And speaking about David being in Ziglag and learning to encourage himself in the Lord hmm. in order to get back everything that the raiders had taken. This is, what, this is what Ezra says. He says over here, he says, even princes, and this is in verse, verse 23, even princes sit and speak against me. Hmm. So have you ever had anybody in your life, someone in authority, someone who has the power to assassinate mm. your character, speak against you. How did you come out of that thing? Did you feel you needed to defend yourself? Let's take a look at David. Now look how Ezra dealt with this. He said, even princes sit and speak against me, but I will meditate yeah. on your principles. This guy says, listen, mm. when the going gets tough, I go study the word. That's one reason. You mentioned that happy are those who study the decrees and obey the words of the Lord. So joy comes from studying. Yeah. Freedom and liberty from those who are trying to assassinate your character mm. comes through the word of God. Mm. Come on, make that your own mm. and comment below. Mm. As you look at Psalm 119, look at, take a look at my Bible. If you can mm. zoom in and see that, I know your Bibles look exactly mm. the same. But this is the life-giving mm. word of God, 176 reasons. I'm going to, before I hand back to Paul, there's just two verses I want to, draw your attention to. I mean, this was written over a lifetime, which makes it extremely relevant to every person in every generation. He says this, he says, how can a young man stay pure? Hmm. By obeying your word and following your rules. Listen, young people out there that are struggling to obey the word of God, that are being tempted. He says, your purity is linked to your diligent study of God's word. When we talk about why we should study, you'll know this one. I mentioned it earlier on. Ezra says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Mm. Another good reason to study. Paul, give us another verse, one of your favorites in well, Psalm 119. If I may, Pastor Andre, just touching on that hidden your word in my heart. Uh, verse 18 talks about, uh, some translations talk about hidden mysteries. So he's saying, he says, uh, open my eyes to see the wonderful uh, truths or hidden mysteries in your words. So, you know, what's, what's relevant to what we're talking about here tonight is the fact that just merely reading the word won't necessarily bring those hidden truths out of the word. Yes. So he understood that, you know, because he spent so much time in the word, as you said. He was a scribe. He wrote out uh, the Old Testament. And he wasn't people. going for information. Yeah. He was going for revelation. That's it. And that's the big difference between Logos and Rhema. If you know that as a Bible college student, just comment, just comment below, interact with us more, share some of those promises. I'm going to be going through this feed and I want to see what scripture speaks and resonates with you and has set you free. Back to you, Paul. Give us another promise. That get us excited to study the Word of God. Okay, well, I believe this will encourage some people at home, just especially because of the climate that we find ourselves in. Listen to what uh, Ezra says here in verse 25, which is something that I also could relate. Well, I think everybody can relate to, to this, Pastor Andre. But he says, I lie in the dust, completely discouraged. So this is what I was talking about earlier on, where, where the greats even had to find, you know, found themselves in really, really difficult situations. He says, I lie in the dust completely discouraged. Revive me. 
not by your miracle power that's going to shoot down from yeah, heaven. Yeah. He says, revive me by your word. I want so to he goes and I want to give a famous quote by Apostle Theo at this juncture. You spoke about that. He said, the word of God preached or read may not always be spectacular, but it is no less supernatural than the raising mm. of Christ sure. from the dead. Folks, I sense the presence mm. and the anointing of God mm. right here, right now. The word of God read may not always be spectacular, but it is no less supernatural than the raising of Christ from the dead. In last week's television program, Pastor Theo made this statement. He said, all the power of God mm. is present in every word sure. from God. You are never closer to Jesus mm. than when you open the pages. And, and Ezra mm. understood this. Yeah. He loved he the word of God. Mm. He pursued, I mean, you mm. can see it. Look at what he says in verse 49. He says, remember your promise to me, for it is my only hope. That's it. Only, mm. nothing else. Mm. It is my only hope. Not that lockdown's going to end. Mm. Not that sitting, getting set free from captivity. He says, your promise is my only hope. He says, your promise revives me. It comforts me in all mm. my troubles. Folks, mm. 176 reasons yeah. right here in the longest mm. chapter of the Bible mm. as to why we should study Scripture. Mm. Give us another one of your favorites, Paul, before we head to Mark chapter 4. Well, here's one that I think so many of you have heard, have quoted, uh, but I wonder if you were aware that it came out of this very uh, amazing book that we're speaking about tonight, this amazing uh, chapter of, of Psalms. It's uh, verse 105, and it says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. So he understood that the word of God was the very way that he was actually going to be able to navigate yes. through this life. Yes. He didn't know what he would be facing yes. tomorrow, but he knew that the word would guide him through that and direct him the way that he should go. We can see that Ezra even wandered off. Mm. Now, yeah. we would call that a backslidden state. How do you know that, Pastor Andre? How mm. can you emphatically make that statement? Mm. Because look at this. He says in verse 67, he says, I used to wander off until you disciplined me. Mm. But now I closely follow your word. He goes on to say, the suffering you sent was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention mm. to your principles. Yeah. If you find yourself having wandered off mm. and grown cold in heart regarding the mm. word of God, the Lord mm. can pull you back. And mm. that's my prayer right now. Mm. I pray that the Lord stir a hunger within mm. you for these promises. Mm. Now, just one final promise, and we had so many more that we don't have time for, but I know you're giving them in the feed. We're going to go to Mark chapter 4, and then we're going to wrap this thing up. But I really just want to focus on these last two promises in Psalm, in, um, Psalm 119, verses 164 and 165. This is what Ezra says. He says, I will praise you seven times a day because all your laws are just. Yeah. First and foremost, I'll praise you seven times a day because your laws are just. Now, remember, all he had was the Pentateuch. Mm. He just had the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. Tough I mean, life. have you read Leviticus lately? I mean, there's yeah. a lot going on over there yeah, that's true. not New Testament. Mm. But this guy managed to find things in the Old Testament that caused him to stop mm. seven times mm. a day and say, Father, mm. I praise mm. you for your word. Mm. I hunger mm. for your word. Even the crazy commandments. Mm. I thank you, God, that I'm not allowed to eat shellfish. Yeah. Praise God. <laughs> yeah. I'm not allowed yeah. to eat animals with, with a cleft hoof or something like that. I mean, can you imagine, Paul, if Ezra mm. lived now in, New Test, in the New Heaven Testament, on earth. in Heaven the epistles, 
How many times a day would he have caught himself mm. saying, God, mm. I'm just in love with you, mm. Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Jesus, the cross, you, yeah. di you died for me. You don't have I to, mean, you don't have to, there's 99 of the, hundred, the 600 odd laws, there's 99 that deal with just uh, uh, killing animals and sacrificial laws that have to. So can you imagine him like, you guys don't have to kill this or find this sheep or anything like that? The point is, the point is, if this man found so much to be grateful for mm. in mm. the Old Testament, mm. we've got to dig mm. deep, folks. Mm. We've got to get into the New Testament. The yeah. life-giving power of God mm. is present there. And he says this, he says, those who love your law have great peace, mm. or in a different translation, great peace of they that love thy law, and there is nothing that causes them mm. to stumble. Peace comes from mm. the word. We don't have much more time. Mm. We really want to wrap this up. But where have we come from? We've taken a look at Hebrews chapter mm. 4 and verse 12. That the word of God is living and active. It's powerful. Mm. You can have a relationship with it. We looked at the mm. life of Ezra. A man who really had a relationship with the Old Testament. Mm. That found time to praise God seven times a day. He gave us 176 reasons why mm. we should study the Bible. Mm. Now, what I'd like to do is I'd like to transition to our final parable in Mark chapter 4 because really folks you can do all of that but if you don't do this yeah. it's pointless you've missed it so Paul take us to Mark chapter 4 and that final scripture and give us some insight right and well in Mark chapter 4 we know this is the uh, the parable that Jesus spoke about sowing the seed and uh, he in fact he says this he says and he said to them this is verse 13 and 14 he says he said to them do you not understand this parable how then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. So what Jesus is saying here in Mark chapter 4, Pastor Andre, is that this is the crux of the matter. This Ezra is the studied, pinnacle. he obeyed, and then he spoke. He spoke the he word. He studied, he obeyed. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying over there, folks. The importance of speaking, speaking. the word. When was the last time you spoke and prophesied a scripture over your life? Let us know. Write that in the comments below. You said something important. The sower sows the word. He and he it. goes on in this parable to say that our words are seeds. And so we want to end this teaching today, perhaps just to give you a visual image of what we are actually doing mm. every time mm. we speak. And mm. let me just say this as a caveat. Mm. If you were driving down the road and a farmer had planted fertile soil and you took cannabis seed, for those of you who don't know what cannabis is, dacha. Oh, is that yes. what it is? Yes. Oh, like, like he doesn't know. <laughs> Wacky weed. Okay, so if you're driving down the road and there's an open plot and you throw cannabis seed into the soil, the soil's not going to go yeah. and spit it out. The soil doesn't have the ability to reject what's bad. Likewise, if you read the parable in Mark 4, the soil is the heart. Okay, and Jesus says the sower sows the word. So we have to be so careful about what we're saying. So Paul, give us an example and let's have a bit of fun with us and leave, and leave the folks today with, a, with just such a clear image of what it is like every time we speak. Okay, so let, that will sum up, I think, Mark chapter yes. 4 and, and everything Perfect. that we've tried to Oh, you got uh, your uh, ball. I got my here. ball. Yes. So this to me would be what Mark chapter 4 is all about. Yes. Hey, listen, Corona. Just aim it. <laughs> okay. You will never amount to anything. <laughs> and speaking to... <laughs> hang on, he's not finished. You're just as useless as your father. 
Parents speak like that to their children all the time. Yeah. Their heart receives that. It doesn't have the ability to reject it. And so when we speak about the promise and the power of the Word of God, we should rather be doing this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May He cause His countenance to shine upon you. Amen. May you be blessed. All the Amen. Do you get Amen. the point? Because yeah. I swallowed a whole bunch of popcorn <laughs> seeds and I don't know when that's coming out. But anyway. <laughs> Just so, don't lie near a microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so the point we're trying to make, folks, is this, that, that all the study, if it doesn't culminate, if it really doesn't culminate in you speaking blessing and life mm. over mm. the people around you, life mm. and death are in the power of the yeah. tongue. We, we actually got this illustration from Pastor Peter van Dijk, who came here many years ago. But whenever I think of Mark chapter mm. 4, I think about him speaking. And these are seeds. And you know, these seeds don't die, folks. Mm. They stay there. They germinate, the Bible says, and they will bring forth fruit. We don't know how. We go to sleep. And they grow and they produce fruit. They mm. produce a harvest. Every seed produces mm. a harvest. Every yeah. single one. Yeah. So, folks, let your learning not just lead to knowledge, mm. let it lead to action. Mm. And the action is being able to speak mm. the word of God. Mm. That didn't work as well as I'd hoped it to, but I <laughs> promise you now you're not going to forget it mm. in a hurry. Exactly. Anyway, Paul, I just want to say thank you for joining me tonight thank on you. short notice. I've appreciated your insight. Um, bless you guys for being so involved. Thank you so much for commenting below. I'm sorry I didn't have any time to address any questions that you may have had, but I know that Pastor Greg, Pastor Jenny, Dr. Johnny, and all of them are there, and I know that they're encouraging mm. you in the Word. Praise the Wonderful. Lord. With every head bowed Wonderful. and every eye closed right now, I just want to give those of you that may be watching for the very first time an opportunity to make Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior. You see, the truth is, You'll never really comprehend nor understand the scriptures without the life of God inside of you. The Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible, therefore the one most qualified to teach it. But He needs to be in your heart. You need to be born again. You need to receive the gift of eternal life. I don't know where you've come from or what you've done, but God can forgive you of it all. And right now, in a moment, you can be born into the family of God. So please, say this prayer after me as I lead you in the prayer of salvation. Say this, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I've been cold in heart. Lord, I ask that you would forgive me and cleanse me of all of my sin. I declare and believe, Lord Jesus, that you died for me. And after three days, you rose again. From this moment forward, I make you the Lord of my life. I promise to love you and to serve you until I see you face to face. Lord, I forgive all those who've offended me and all those who have hurt me. Receive me into your family. Thank you for saving me. I love you, Lord. Amen. Congratulations, if you prayed that prayer with me, you are now a brand new creation, a new being, the Bible says. Your past has been washed away, you are completely forgiven, and your life is right with God. I pray that that peace that Ezra spoke about 
would completely envelop you and give you the joy of knowing that you are born again. If you did receive Christ, won't you just text us on 4991 and let us know that you got born again. We've got some literature and we've got some courses that we'd like to invite you on online. We just want to help you grow in grace. So God bless you and congratulations. If you're at home, let's just give them a great God bless you and congratulations. And um, um, just before we go, I'm going to say, Paul, do you have any you have any closing thoughts that you want to say before we sign off and let people get to their Sunday evening dinner? Well, uh, I'm just thinking of the very last verse of, uh, just as we are sitting here, of uh, Psalm 119. Ezra says this. He says, when I go astray, come and find me. Oh, because I love your word. <laughs> That is such a powerful closing. To God you. won't let you go as long as you love, love his him and love the pages and the words in this book. Amen. Thank you, Paul. God bless you, everybody. I want to thank you for joining us this evening. I pray that this has blessed you. Go and study the life of Ezra. Study the word of God and receive all the promises that God has. God bless you. We love you. And pray with us tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Every morning. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.